Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Welcome to Apple Turnover, a new podcast where we look back at yesterday in Metsville. My name is Brian. It's nice to be with you today. Happy day after opening day. Um, the Mets seemingly always win on opening day. They have won all but 13 of the opening days since 1970. So that means that most of the years that I've been alive, the Mets have won opening day. And there have been some bad Mets teams in my lifetime. So it's always nice to Celebrate opening day for what it is, which is a, a fun celebration of this weird thing the Mets can do better than anyone else. Maybe the only thing they can do better than anyone else, now that I'm going to think about it. But uh, yeah, so we'll get to the game in just a minute. Before the game, there are a couple of bits of injury news. Of course, the one everyone's talking about, Bryce Montes de Oka. I'm kidding. But uh, no, Montes de Oka did. He was having arthroscopic surgery to remove some bone fragments in his elbow, and they saw that his UCL was loose, which is a term I'm not familiar with when it comes to Tommy John. I've heard of a tear in the UCL, but they said it was loose, and so he had Tommy John surgery. Uh, as my friend Chris McShane said to me, what a shitty way to wake up. Like, you know, hey, Doc, how'd the surgery go? Well, the good news is we got the fragments out. We also gave you Tommy John surgery, so you're not pitching this year. But, you know, um, Montes de Oca has been hurt quite a bit in his young career. This is actually his second Tommy John surgery, which is uh, relatively uh, – it's a relatively common thing for people to have over the course of a long career, but he's not even 30 yet, and this is his second uh, Tommy John surgery. So we wish him a speedy recovery. But the the more pressing news, because Montes de Oca was not going to be a major part of the bullpen and was already projected to start the year on the IL – uh, it's not surprising that he's not going to be there. What is surprising is that Justin Verlander is missing at least his first start or two due to a low-grade Terrace Major strain. Now, if you're like me and don't know where that is in the body, I can't blame you. Uh, it seems to be like below the shoulder, kind of in the armpit area. And Verlander has said multiple times, uh, or rather said multiple times in the press appearance he did today, if this were the playoffs, this were late in the season, he would have pitched through this. Uh, the Mets are not shutting him down. He's pitching through this. Like he's going to be throwing you know, throughout this uh, the recovery process. And so it can't be that big of a deal. I don't know if it's just my sort of um, PTSD of being a Mets fan my whole life. This seems like a lot of Mets injuries, which is that it's initially portrayed as being nothing minor. And then the next thing we know, it's August, and Verlander is finally coming back from this. So on one hand, I do wish they'd shut him down for two weeks, just let him rest, and then hopefully nip this in the bud. But if this is as minor as everyone is making it out to be, then uh, we will be seeing him 
hopefully in uh you know two weeks or so it, it the the biggest bummer of this besides just the vibes like opening day is a fun day for all baseball fans but like i said before especially for mets fans so to have the vibes of opening day just bombarded by uh your newly signed aces shoulder injury yeah, really that 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 sucks but also the way the mets lined up the schedule was specifically so Verlander would start the home opener, and now the home opener will be started by Tyler McGill. And you know, nothing against Tyler. I I actually wrote about him a little bit today. I, he's one of we did a piece in Amazing Avenue about uh, bold predictions for the season, and I said I think Tyler McGill is going to become a high leverage reliever by the end of the year. I think his stuff will play up in short bursts, and I really like him. I like his pitch selection. I think he's a, a good player. Uh, but for folks who bought tickets to opening day thinking they were getting a Verlander start. This is a bummer. And because this happened when it happened, the Mets can't even pivot to, like, let's say, Kodai Senga opening the home opener, which I think everybody would probably be fine with, but it just isn't going to work out that way. It's it's, it's a real shame um, that it's going to have to be this way. And again, no offense to Tyler McGill, uh, 2022 opening day starter, Tyler McGill, I should say. But, um, you know... It is, it is a bit of a setback, and it just reminds you that even though Verlander has been remarkably healthy over his career, he is 40 years old. And as a fellow 40-year-old, I can say, like, you sleep wrong one day, you're hurting the next day. So um, we just have to make sure that we are managing our expectations for Scherzer and Verlander because they are older pitchers and they're going to need rest, and there's going to be little nagging injuries that are going to get to them. I mean, look at the end of 2022 for Max Scherzer, just a guy trying his best to pitch through nagging injuries. So do I think this is a major concern for Verlander? I do not. Is it a bummer? Yes, it is. Could this blow up and be a terrible thing? I suppose so, but I I tend to think that the Steve Cohen Mets are a little bit more responsible with shutting players down, with not having people play through injury than the Wilpon Mets were. So hopefully this is a short-term uh blip on the radar and we're going to see Verlander back in uh, a Mets uniform very very shortly in terms of the game itself it was uh, a fun game to watch Uh, Mets opened in Miami at uh, what's formerly Marlins Park currently Lone Depot one of the worst ballpark names um, I'm going to say it of all time Um, Going to Miami has been a not-so-pleasant experience for the Mets many, many times, but today they looked pretty good, you know? Um, they were facing Sandy Alcantara, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner, who is a beast, one of the best pitchers in the National League, and they took good at-bats against him, and they made him work, and they they succeeded against him. It was a pretty remarkable performance from that end. Uh, Max Scherzer looked really, really good through the first four innings. He only gave up two base runners and had them both erased on beautiful double plays by um, Francisco Lindor. This were started by Francisco Lindor. And, um, you know, one of my criticisms of Buck Walter as a manager uh, in the limited time he's been a Mets manager so far has been that he is not great about noticing when his starters are just washed for the day. And in the fifth inning, Verlander, not Verlander, excuse me, uh, Scherzer, uh, he gave up a couple of hard hit balls. One was a, a foul ball. One was a fly ball to the outfield. He walked another batter. It just seemed like he was maybe starting to tire a bit. 
and Showalter did not do anything about that. And so in the seventh inning, when he gave up three runs, it just seemed like it seemed like Buck was not prepared to make the, the to yank him at that point if he felt it was necessary. And I understand he's your he's your ace, he's a veteran, he knows his body, but the manager's job is to make the tough decisions. And I think if he had pulled Scherzer after six, people might have said, Well, why'd you pull Scherzer? And a perfectly acceptable answer on opening day is because it's opening day and we're not going to overwork him. We had a three nothing lead and we have a bullpen for a reason to get us to finish games. And so I think it would have been well within Showalter's right and uh, probably the correct decision to pull Scherzer after six innings, but that didn't happen. Um, but that's okay. Be- after five innings, rather. Um, he did pull him after six. Scherzer ended the game with a strikeout and uh, the Mets responded back and scored two more runs. You know, uh, Brandon Nimmo went, had had to go ahead double that drove in the uh, fifth and sixth, to fourth and fifth runs rather of the game to give the Mets the lead. And um, you know, the the Mets did not hit a home run today. A couple of players did not get hits. Those people mainly being, uh, or did not get on base rather. Pete Alonso, um, Mark Canna was hit by a pitch, but Canna, Alonso, and Eduardo Escobar looked a little bit um, rough today. Eduardo Escobar looked really good from the right-hand side in his one at bat against the lefty, which has been what a lot of people have been saying, that he should be the platoon partner with Daniel Vogelback against lefties, and that um, Brett Beatty should be playing third base. That's a conversation we're going to have a lot of times this year, so I'm not going to spend so much time on it right now. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, Escobar and and um, Alonzo and Canna all looked a little bit overmatched today. Part of that is they were facing the reigning NL Cy Young winner, and part of that might just be spring rust or whatever. Pete did not have a great spring, uh, nor did Canna. Uh, Escobar did okay in the World Baseball Classic, but again, it's just early. I'm not worried about one performance from these guys. But it was nice to see Marte uh, steal a base and just be back in what looked like you know pre-injury form. McNeil uh, laid down a bunt, a, a beautiful bunt. I, I don't like that play most of the time, but, you know, got him on first base without too much issue, and, uh, yeah, the offense looked to be rolling along today. It was nice to see some hits strung together. The craziest sight of the day, I think, was, so Daniel Vogelback walked on four pitches, then went first to third on a single, and then tagged up on a not entirely deep fly ball and scored a run and didn't even have to slide. It was uh, quite the sight to see, but uh, legs Vogelback, as we'll call him from now on, um, yeah, it was just nice to see contributions from lots of these different players. And then the the bullpen was really impressive at the end of the game. Drew Smith got into a little bit of trouble but fought out of it. Brooks Raley looked lights out in his one inning of work. And David Robertson locked down the game and struck out two of the three he faced. It was a pretty complete Mets win and really, really reassuring after the Verlander injury news to see that the team isn't going to turn to stone without Verlander there, that they can they can still win. And like we said, I don't think Verlander's going to be out for the long term. At least I hope not. And uh, yeah, today was a good day to be a Mets fan. Uh, looking ahead to tomorrow, we have David Peterson going. It is a battle of the lefties in Miami. Peterson against uh, Jesus Lazardo. It's 7-10 p.m. game. Um it's just it's always nice to get sort of back in the habit of remembering that like oh yeah baseball's on every day right and uh, we're watching a lot of baseball over the next few weeks 
And uh, yeah, so anyway, we're going to do these hopefully just about every morning for the next few weeks, see how it goes, and maybe this will be a permanent feature of Home Run Applesauce. But until then, go to patreon.com slash Home Run Applesauce. Uh, you can still find my writing and the writing of a lot of our podcast hosts at AmazingAvenue.com. And uh, until next time, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.